Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined by my brother, Dusty. Dust, when was the last time you star- saw Starship Troopers, and was it as good as you remember it? The first time, or wait, wait, the last time or the first time? The last time. The last time I saw it was probably back in, like, I would say maybe 2000-ish, because I came out in 99 to right? Yeah. I believe. Yeah, it was. I, I watched it maybe a few years after that, maybe even maybe two thousand one ish. But um, you have a good memory. So nineteen very, very, years ago, no, not 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 twenty. It was nineteen years ago. <laughs> I'm guesstimating. You know, guesstimating is an actual word. Mm-hmm. I'm guesstimating that it because I watched it more than once because I know it came out in nineteen ninety seven. I we wouldn't watch it because it was Wait looked awesome. And mom, you graduated it. in college in two thousand one, and you watched this on your graduation night, right? How did you? That's how you, you remember. You were there. <laughs> oh. yep. So, uh, yeah, I remember watching it in 1997 when it first came out. That was phenomenal when it came out. And then I know I watched it a few times after that, but I have not watched it at least for 10, maybe 15 years. So maybe 2005 or mm-hmm. four, um, three or something around there is probably the last time I saw it. So how about you? When was the last time that you watched it? Probably like two years ago. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I knew it would be good. I loved it every single time I've watched it since 1997. I saw it in theaters, of course. I think I went with Denise, I think, when I went to see it in 1997. And then so uh, uh, I've, just, I've been in love with it ever since. I, just, I, I can't get enough of this movie. I'll tell you right now, it's an A+. One of the best sci-fi action movies ever. Goodness, A+. Plus? Yes. So, so much it, fun to watch. I, I think I... I think I know what made that movie over the top. It was the flip six cornhole. <laughs> that was that play. That was <laughs> yeah, flip was six it, right? three hole cornhole play for sure. That's what did it. And we got to see it twice in the movie. If they only did it once, it wouldn't have been as good of a movie. But twice, <laughs> yep, for sure. I'm a I'm, yeah. So uh, I, oh, no. go ahead. I was thinking because I remember when I first watched it. Being of, I played football growing up, and so there was a couple of things like that's kind of hokey, but oh well, it's the future, maybe you know it's it's but like you know fifty years from the future is probably true. They probably have this special ability, <laughs> but um, anyway, so watching that uh, football back in nineteen ninety seven, being a football player, I was like, oh, this is kind of hokey, but oh well. And then watching it again now that I'm older, watching it again where you have the chick who's the quarterback literally runs over like three guys to throw the ball, I'm like. That does not even happen. Like the pros, the pro quarterbacks cannot do that. If they get hit by one person, they're grabbed and taken down. So that, for that, honestly, I would have to say it, that took my pegs down right now since I just watched it. It took it down a couple notches, not just the football. For some reason, the rest of the movie, I was kind of like l- watching it with like a little more of a critical eye. So you give it an A+. Plus, I'm actually giving it. I didn't think I would. Because if I were to watch it all brand new right now without ever seeing it before, I would give it a B minus. Enjoyable, really, really fun. Now, back when it first came out in 1997, definitely an A. I would absolutely give an A. But now watching it again, it was a little corny a couple times, uh, but really, really good sci-fi movie. Really enjoyable, really fun. But um, it were, it's amazing to see the technology 
in having this sci-fi type of movie back in 1997, it is not like as comparable as today. Cause today is just totally different. Like with end game, it just looks phenomenal. Um, like the entire fight scene between Iron Man and um, uh, Thanos is literally CG super. I mean, it looks real, but um, what's really amazing is back then they had this technology, not had this technology, but they were using utilizing technology to make it look like they're on another planet. These bugs are coming at them. Really, really good. So, but I give it a B minus just because there's some hokey things in it, but enjoyable story. I love the arcs in the stories, the growth in the characters. And it literally, because it's over a long period of time, you're, unless you're a bad writer, they're going to have to grow. Like going from, uh, you know, somebody who's not even in the military, a civilian to actually being a captain of a ship, you know, is really, really neat to see. It's a good story too. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100% with you. And you had mentioned, you know, the 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 technology, the sci-fi, uh, uh, the CG graphics, I mean to say. There was a lot of that. And I thought it looked great. It's still, everything holds up to me. The bugs look great. I, I love it. But there was a lot of practical effects. You see a ton of body parts, spl- uh, splashed blood everywhere. The practical stuff really endears this movie to me. And I just love practical effects in general in movies, right? I like seeing, even if I know that's a puppet, getting its head sucked out of or head blown up and stuff, I still enjoy seeing it. And that makes fun- movies more fun for me. Like this movie achieves all that it wanted to. Like it wanted to deliver a lot of action, sci-fi, crazy killer disgusting scary bugs and a ton of blood and gore it delivered that on all fronts and i i just find it completely enjoyable because of it like it's always good when a movie delivers on what it intends to do like it didn't try to be the new star wars or or like a serious take on sci-fi no these were teenagers turning into their 20s soldiers killing bugs i mean (laughs) soldiers killing bugs right there it delivered on that for sure Frankly, I find a thinking bug offensive. <laughs> that guy is <laughs> that so, guy was every so time I see top. him, he cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they did a really good job. And I do like how two different scenes, at least as far as I recall, two different scenes, either somebody is getting their head blown up by a bullet by one of their, you know, uh, inside the, the boot camp. They, one dude gets his head blown up or blown off. And then you have the head getting sucked out a couple times, you know, getting to see that is like, oh, wow, that is they, they did a good job. And I like that practical effects that they do really, really makes it look so much better than if it was just all CG. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Although the one CG, almost all CG scene that I really liked, and it was my favorite scene of the movie, when uh, Casper Van Dien jumped up on top of the tanker bug, shot, which that was practical, right? Seeing the the hole in that tanker bug and all the, the orange blood pop up, threw the grenade and blew it up. That was my favorite scene of the movie. It was a lot of CG seeing it blow up, but leading up to that, he was actually on some kind of gimbal or something, moving around, making it look like a bronking bug, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed That's my favorite out of the whole movie, that scene. Did you watch any outtakes? Like, I, I never got the D, or I don't remember getting the DVD and watching outtakes, Did you, or like uh, special features and stuff like that. I've watched them before because there are some on the DVD, but this time I just watched the movie. I so I don't remember the outtakes of. Although I do recall them showing. I guess anytime you try to sell a movie, not anytime, but oftentimes you have to make some kind of a real example. Like this is what it's going to be to show the studio execs to greenlight the movie, and they showed that, and it, that was pretty interesting from what I remember. There's also some outtakes, extra scenes between Denise Richards and Casper Van Dien, but I can't really remember them too well. Got it. I thought I thought I would see Casper Van Dien in a lot more movies after this. Um, now I got to ask you: Did you go watch Starship Troopers two, 
three or, or however many other Starship. Did you watch those other ones or just the first one? Yes, I've seen them and they are not worth watching at all. This is the only one worth spending your time on. So I went and watched, I think YouTube has a couple. I just typed in Starship 2, Starship Troopers 3, and I was looking and they had a couple scenes of them. They look so bad compared to the first one. It's like they went from an A movie down to a Z movie, not yeah. even a B. You know, it was, it was so it was that bad. I was so surprised. And so Casper Van Diem wasn't in the second one, but he was in the third one, which was rather weird. Oh, was he? I didn't. I don't even remember that. It was so long ago. I saw them probably when they first. And my guess is they were straight to DVD at the time. So I probably rented them from Blockbuster or something. I remember seeing them, but don't remember anything about them. But did you ever watch the animated, the computer animated uh, Roughnecks series? No, was it good? That was really good. Yeah, really fun to watch. I think they only had one season, then it went off the air. But it was really cool. It wasn't bloody and gory. It was made for not really kids, not like Smurfs type age, you know, more like kids that, that would, you know, 12, 13 year old kids is what it was made for. But that, that was really good. If anybody watching this, love that and want more and don't want to watch parts two and three, which were terrible. Try the Roughneck series. Got it. What did you, what, what is it? Is it Carrie Russell? Is that her name? One of the actresses? No, Dina Meyer. Dina Meyer. Dizzy? The, 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 yeah. Dizzy. Got it. So which one, I think I could know which one you would pick, uh, Dina Meyer or Denise Richards. Uh, oh, kind of like a Ginger and Marianne question. Yeah, uh, it would be Dizzy for sure. Really? That mm-hmm. well, that's okay. That's totally. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Well, uh, 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 the other one seems to. I don't know. You would have more fun with Dizzy. She's like, she would be like. I mean, like he treated her like she was just a friend, whereas uh, 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 Denise Richards' character was like the girlfriend, the girl you want to be with. But I would say for the same reason, I go with Marianne versus Ginger on Gilligan's Island as well. What about you? I would say that too. I'd say uh, Dizzy just seems like a more fun person to be around. It's Mm -hmm. just I I don't want to be around people that just make me feel like not feel like I'm down. I like people that are enjoyable, that are fun, that enjoy having a good time, not just being, I don't know. yeah, between the two, definitely Dizzy would be a better mm-hmm. better person to go and hang out with or even just do any be, – be around. Yep, yep, I agree with you there. I do like how there were so many different um, – not just actors, but like not necessarily characters because you don't learn a ton about every single character, but there's a lot of different characters throughout the movie. They come into a little bit and they come out, like the guy that gets shot in the head, um, they, the, the lady that gets washed out. Like they come in really quickly, but then they come right back out. So there's a lot of – a lot of moving characters throughout the entire movie. And did you see it coming where you have Rachek? He actually beca- being the, you know, the, the Lieutenant. Did you see that coming when you were watching the movie the first time? No, no, I didn't see that. I didn't think he would come back into play, but it was really awesome seeing that. And every time I see him on the screen, Michael Ironside's the actor's name. Always like him. I always enjoy seeing him. And so I'm happy every time I see him come back in walking in, you see his fingers and, you know, his uh, his robotic fingers flex right there as he walks and gives his speech. Always enjoy seeing him. I agree. And he did a great job in this. Um, I, I like it reminds me of Ironhide. You remember who Ironhide was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. I was like Ironside, Ironhide. Those are cool names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was really, really fun. Um, I do like, um, ebb and flow in the action to slow down and actually tell more story. action than tell more story. They did a really good job in the ebb and flow of the story. Like going, uh, telling the story of going into boot, like playing football and, 
being a part of school and then going into boot camp and then going on your first mission. And then, and then they just kept on like up and down, up and down. I enjoy movies like that, that have transitions that move a character through. Now I don't dislike 24 hour movies like that. I literally set in like a 24 hour period. I don't dislike those for some reason though. I just really like uh, somewhere. There's a new destination. Like we have to get somewhere we get there. Oh, it feels good. Now, we have to slow down. Now we get someplace else. I guess I'm I'm a destination person. So if we ever, because my wife and I and our four kids, we love to travel for everybody watching this. Um, we love to travel. And I love, I'm a destination person. So if I'm going from Phoenix, Arizona, where I live, to uh, to New York, I'm not going to drive there. I'm, I want to get there as fast as possible. I don't care what I'm missing on the way. I want to get there. That's because I'm a, I have to get there. So if my wife says we're driving from Phoenix all the way to New York, like, okay, clock me or time me. I'll get there. Like, <laughs> we're not stopping other to go to the bathroom or we're driving. That's how I am. So my wife has had to learn that when we're going anywhere on long trips, we need small destinations. So if we're going from Phoenix all the way to New York, she says, okay, even though you know we're going to New York, your destination right now is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ready, go. I'm like, yay, and I can do it. Yeah. And then once I get there, I'm like, okay, now I can relax. Now I can relax. I don't have that New York in my mind. I think that's also goes with this type of story arc. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm down with it. And I, I do like, like you said, the ebb and flow. I like how the movie starts off with action in one year in the future, too. I like when movies do that. Take a look at the past look or look at the future, look at the past. Starts with the, 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 the future and then you see them. The bug action starts right away. You see the cameraman or the reporter get ripped in half. I mean, it, was, it starts right away. Within the first three minutes, you know what you're going to get from this movie, right? They're, they're, they're going to keep delivering that kind of action. And then we go back into the past and like you said, high and then a low while we see him in, in in high school football and then go back down again boot camp you know just like you said and i really do enjoy movies that do have those ebbs and flows you're not just high and then low low low, low high at the end or, or whatever right the ebbs and flows are good for most story most storytelling does that and i really enjoy that did you notice any crappy star wars type of thing where there's gravity in space or something remember the the, the uh, one of the star wars most recently i can't remember like uh, Jed, jedi or Skywalker or something, something like that. They literally had bombs and they released them. And it was like, cause they're in space. They're acting like it's gravity. So they drop like there's like there's gravity pulling them down. Did you notice anything like that stupid in this movie? Uh, well, every scene, there was no anti-gravity at any time. There was no lack of gravity. So, but I didn't ever notice it. It didn't stand out to me. Like when they were on the ship, they're not floating around you know everyone seems to be walking and standing like they've developed anti-gravity technology on these ships and star trek really did a good job of doing that yeah for sure and i've never uh it never even occurred to me with this movie or with star trek i just never even think of it i just accept that they're able to walk around on ships you know yeah yeah absolutely we have been so accustomed that if you're in space you're on a ship you absolutely have gravity and you know what we watched in the past we've watched rocket man Remember Rocket Man, the hilarious movie? I just love that movie. Yeah. I watched it again recently, like literally last weekend with the kids. Kids are like, let's watch a movie. I'm like, we haven't watched Rocket Man in forever. I laugh so much is throughout funny. that movie. And one but he's part walking where around the whole Rand- time, right? Well, Randall, he takes off his his uh, seat. As soon as they go into the uh, into space, he takes off his um, harness and he's floating around and he's making so many wisecracks and like just corny jokes and then the captain or the you know, main guy can't remember his name um the uh, awesome actor he goes all right in, engaging artificial gravity in three <laughs> two one and yeah. boom he lands on the ground but yeah we you don't have 
as far as I'm aware, we don't know of any way how to do artificial gravity. That's just that's just funny. That's definitely a, a, a movie trick. It is for sure. Now, there is a series of movies and it's a series of books called The Expanse. And not series of movies, series of television shows on Amazon Prime. It's a it's a series. And the way they do it, let's say, let's say this was your spaceship, right? In the movie, they have spaceships like this. They look like a building. They have floors, you know, where people are walking and working on the floors. Well, it travels through space like this. So the propulsion is here. You As there's propulsion, mm. the fact that it's speeding up gives you some kind of gravity this way. So the floors are this way. You can imagine like you're in an office building, turn on its side, fly through space. You have some kind of simulated gravity, whether it's like in the in the book, it might be one quarter or one third of the G's of Earth. But as long as you're traveling forward, you still feel that slight bit of pressure on your feet. So you're basically in a building going through space with a tiny bit of gravity, not full on 100% 1G gravity. So I don't know how accurate that is. Last time I was in space last week, I didn't notice that when we were going fast. So it, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yep. So that does make sense only if there is some sort of gravity in general, like, you know, G-force is, is gravity force on you. But that, that could be a potential way to actually do it. Who knows? That might be absolutely right. Yeah. I like that idea. That's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool in that series. Um, let's see here. Oh, what is your... Um, I mentioned my favorite scene blowing up the tanker bug. What's your favorite scene in the movie? I would say I love how I think it's when you have Rico taking over the roughnecks, Rico taking over the roughnecks and actually leading them in for some reason. Like I, it's him saying what Rachek would say, you know, I only have two, I have two rules. Nobody quits. And what was the other one? Shoot. Uh, nobody nobody quits. quits. Everyone fights. Everyone fights, no one quits. Yeah, that's you, it, yeah. If you don't, I'll, I'll kill you myself. Mm-hmm. And it's just seeing that arc of him taking the place of Ratchek, where he was his teacher, and then now he's his lieutenant, then works his way up and eventually becomes the lieutenant himself. I was like, that's that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So I think that I, I I really like that transition and then them going into the city. But I if I were to that was one like tiny little part that I really like, but the whole scene that I always remember is when they're holed up inside of the bug city and they go into that one place and they're, they have the, the loads and loads of bugs going at them and they're inside that one compound and they're having to try to fend off and they're shooting them and they're shooting them and they're trying to protect themselves on the inside. And you have uh, Denise Richards coming down to, to save them. Then you have the guy, the, the big bug breaking through and then dizzy, sadly getting killed. All that's combined. That's probably my favorite scene. I got you. I really enjoyed that one too. And then seeing Michael Ironside, you know, we're about to die guys, but so what? Give them all you got. You know, I really like that. And then like you said, Dizzy threw the grenade. She blew up that tanker bug all on her own. Enjoyed that scene too. And we also learned that there are brain bugs now or potential brain bugs are sucking out the bugs getting, uh, I guess, getting knowledge from your brain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's offensive. That's offensive. Yeah, <laughs> it is. For, <laughs> for everybody sure. watching this on YouTube. Um, so remember, watchandlearnpodcast.com forward slash YouTube. You can go watch these videos. Um, so Sky and I love making faces and doing things on this. And Sky was literally holding up a pack of some or some box of something when he was doing this. But um, yeah, so one thing that got me, I want to quickly go right back to the um, Ginger and Marianne or like Dizzy versus what's what's her name? Um it seemed like his girlfriend. What's 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 Denise what Richards? Act, the, Denise Richards was uh, Carmen. Carmen. Carmen oh, easy. Yeah, you should you should have remembered that. I should have. So yeah. yeah. So Carmen and Dizzy, 
like Carmen is so self-centered. That's why I literally didn't like, I, I just feel like I'm getting punched in the face every single time she talks. It's like self-centered me, me, me. Whereas Dizzy's like, obviously she really liked Rico, but just everybody in general, she seemed like a, uh, didn't seem like a self-centered person. I just, it really rubs me wrong when I, when people are like that. Yeah. I agree with you. And I guess that's the same reason for me. Uh, I got that same feeling, although I didn't voice it earlier. So that's a good, good call on your part. Um, let me see here. Oh, uh, uh, Clancy Brown was in this. Do you know who Clancy Brown is by name, the actor? No, I don't. Remind he me. He was their drill instructor. Um, Clancy Brown, big yes. guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've seen him before in Highlander. He was the Highlander's foe in that one. But then uh, he's a famous voice of a famous cartoon character. Do you know who that is? Shoot, no, I don't. Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. Yep. Clancy oh, Crabs. I watch that all the time. No, honestly, literally, I've never seen SpongeBob. You so haven't? I have no, idea. no, literally, never seen it. Terrible, man. I mean, you don't let you don't. <laughs> why don't you? Oh, your kids don't want to watch it. My boys loved growing <laughs> well, up with SpongeBob. I have no doubt that they would watch it. We just never had a chance or mm. channel or whatever to watch it, so we just never watched it. Yeah, yeah. And I liked I liked him as the drill instructor. Sergeant Zim is, was his name. Really good character, really hard-ass, and he leads into my first lesson, which I'll get to in a second. But I really liked the fact that when they were going to war at Clendathu, he said, I want to go to war. And he said, you're not going to go to war unless you bust yourself down to private. Well, he did exactly that because he wanted to defend the human race. And then he went and captured the brain bug. I love how, you know, he was there at boot camp and then back at the end of the movie, helping to save the day. Yeah, that was really, really fun. And what's really interesting is how did one guy, I didn't understand that. How did one guy capture the brain bug? I don't, I don't very well. He, he could have done that, but the brain bugs literally surrounded by lots of people. It would have taken lots and lots of people to help him to actually capture the brain bug and all the people that died. So, Oh, well that's neither here nor there. Um, I really thought that it was really great seeing Diz, uh, dizzy throw the football or yeah. the grenade, like it's a football and it blowing up. Um, yeah. They just all the actors and actresses inside of here. I don't remember anyone being like, Oh, that's a hokey or that's like, that's a hokey actor or they didn't do a good job. I thought all of the acting throughout the whole thing, although honestly, Casper Van team deem at a couple times. I was like, you're, you're, that's, that's not the best acting, but oh, well, you know, we're not here for phenomenal Shakespearean acting and yeah. stuff like that, but it was really enjoyable. What was your prop that you really liked? Oh, I would take Rico's Johnny Rico's just full soldier uniform with the helmet and with his rifle. I mean, that that would be the quintessential thing I would put in a glass Lucite case or whatever right here next to me, always staring at me. Johnny Rico's uniform. <laughs> Johnny Rico's uniform. That's a good one. I, I was thinking of a couple of the firearms because if you guys remember, uh, so we did just did extraction. Our last episode was extraction. I pulled up my Tavor. It's a rifle. It's a, it almost looks like a futuristic gun and that futuristic gun, it looks like one of the ones that you would have in the Starship Troopers. You know, it's it just looks different than you would normally find most guns looking like. I was trying to think of those guns, but they were a little bulky and then I was running through maybe the football because that was kind of fun that they were throwing that around, but that wasn't very much. The only thing I could think of, it was the dead guy's head with his brain sucked out. That would be fun. Just have his head. I'm just kidding. That would be horrible. <laughs> that would scare. That would literally scare everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked, I think it would be cool and it kind of be a little Terminator-esque, but um, uh, Rochek's hand, not like literally his attachment, his, his appendage. Yeah. 
That might be pretty cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. Or one of the dissected bugs from their high school science class. Yes, there you go. With all the all the goop and everything coming out. Yep. And so I said I would get to my first lesson, right? Um, w- one of the coolest things in that first uh, training scene, kind of not a, really a montage, but seeing them go through the different things when they were throwing knives. And then Jake Busey, who we haven't mentioned Jake Busey. He's great. I love seeing Jake Busey. I would like to see him in more movies and TV shows and stuff. He still acts. I just don't see him that often. But I like how he questioned, who needs a knife in a bug fight, sir? Put your hand up on that wall. Boom, he did that. And so my idea there, the lesson I learned was never question your superior your officer they have reasons for what they're doing let somebody else let johnny right over there question him and let him get his hand stuck with the knife you know and just the fact that he broke the one dude's arm stuck him with a knife call out medic like it's no big deal medic and they come over here and fix him i love that aspect of the movie absolutely and then like almost choking dizzy out making like she's she passes out like that's fun i loved it sticking in it everything about that was really really enjoyable so my first lesson is fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And the reason why I say that, the very, very first time they go to the planet that, um, you know, they, they did a foreshadowing. They showed it very beginning. Get out of here, run. And it's like, you're getting taken out. Well, we fast forward and we now see that what actually happens, they have all these ships that fly in all together and they go and drop off these planes that drop off the um, infantry. Well, they're literally clumped together. They're right next to each other, not spread out. They're literally right next to each other. And then all of a sudden, a couple, you know, spurts of this, you know, plasma type stuff is flying in the air. And then, like, they're getting every all around them. Things are getting destroyed. Big ships are getting destroyed from this plasma. Then one of them takes off and they eventually, you know, make it out. They do the exact same stupid thing the same second time is that they pull up with all every single ship so close together. And okay, everybody just shoot us now. I thought that was the dumbest thing. Like, why would you have them so close together so that they literally cannot move away? They literally, one gets blown up and it hits into the other. I thought that was really bad. So you need to learn from your mistakes. Like that was totally not learning from your mistakes. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you there. And they show the planes coming in straight from the planet, dropping napalm or whatever on bugs. You would figure those plasma bugs are so freaking huge, you'd be able to scan the surface, find them, take those out before you start bringing troops down. So you're right about that. Kind of bad military planning, bad, uh, I don't know, just bad military planning on their part. I like that. That's a really good lesson there. My second lesson is it's not why you are there that matters. It's what you do when you get there. So Rico, he went there because of a girl, right? He wanted to be with Carmen, joined because of that. Uh, He also had aspirations of being a citizen, and he was inspired by Ratchek and that kind of stuff. But then he started to drop out. But like Jake Busey told him, you became squad leader on your own. You made all these successes on your own. Forget about her. Like you are here and this is your purpose. Purpose. This is your calling now. You're good at this. Stay here and continue on, you know. So I think that's the thing. It's not why you got there. It's what you do when you get there. That's a great point. And I would add up to that as well to add on to it is we never quit. No matter how hard it gets, no matter if we don't like it, if we make a commitment to it, and that's something I'm teaching my kids now, is we never quit. If we do something, we do it always. And you know, our, our stepdad, he would always tell us, if you're gonna do it, do it right the first time. I love that. I I've taken that with me. I don't and I I never really understood that growing up, but it was shortly after, like, you know, teenage, little in college, I just realized it's not worth doing it twice. Like you're gonna have to do it twice. You're gonna do it once poorly. 
get in trouble or whatever it might be. And you have to do it all over again. Just do it right the first time. So um, I'm just, that that's not one of my lessons, but that actually very well could be. You do everything right the first time. But my lesson is we never quit. We never quit and we keep moving forward. Now, here's the funny thing, Sky, you would appreciate this. So for everybody listening to this, I also have a podcast called Master Passive Income and another podcast. I have a few podcasts, another podcast called Successfully Unemployed. And in each one of those, I talk about quitting your job. Like your job is you're just over broke. Your J-O-B is your just over broke job because your boss is only paying you just enough to keep you working, but not too much. It takes money out of their pocket. So I'm always talking about quitting your job. Well, literally last night, Sky, I was talking to my kids and I was talking to my daughter, Faith. I said, because she had a little art project. It was hard. It takes a long time. A lot of little beads and it was was really tedious. I wouldn't do it. I just know that she's doing it. And I told her, you cannot quit. You have to finish it. We never quit. You never quit anything once you get started. And she looks at me. She goes, Dad, then why did you quit your job? I was like, oh, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, touche. You can quit now. (laughs) Nice. So that she, and then literally like five seconds later, she goes, dad, I just told you, asked you, why did you quit your job? She knew it was funny and it was hilarious. I just, I was like, uh, my jaw was on the ground. Yeah. That's good. She's wicked smart. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Awesome. But that, that is a very good lesson. Never quit. We never quit. Um, and then, uh, let me see my last lesson. And this came from commander Ratchek, right? Talking to, to Casper Van Dien or to, to, to Johnny Rico is never pass up on a good thing. And truly like Dizzy is a great gal. She's really smart, uh, very attractive. Why would you turn her down? You know? And so I thought that was a good lesson, valuable lesson for all of us. Yeah. Going along with that, I'm going to say we overlook the things that are right in front of our faces. Mm. You know, if something's right there, even if we've lo- overlooked it so many times in the past, we need to reconsider things that are right in front of us. I know like my wife, she would tell me something and say, we should do something like this or in business, maybe do this. And she'd tell me like two years prior. And then eventually I come around, you know what? I should do this. And she goes, I told you that two years ago. I'm like, well, it's never too late to change. <laughs> yep. It would have been great if I did it two years ago, but I'm always open, or at least I tried it as best I can try to be open to new things. Um, maybe at the time when I dismissed it the first, it wasn't the right time. It yep. could have been, but it could have been the right time. But as long as I'm open to make a change, that's the right way to go. Yeah, totally. Sometimes, uh, you know, somebody approaches you with a great idea and you just don't see the magic. You don't see how feasible, how useful, how great that would be until, like you said, a year or two passes and then it comes back around. Now this is the right time for it. Yeah, and on top of that, well, I'll give you an example. The brand Successfully Unemployed, we created up that like, I don't know, five years or so ago. I wrote a book on it, teaching people how to actually quit their job the right way, um, all the lessons that I learned through it. And Melissa kept telling me, hey, you should make a shirt that says successfully unemployed because that's a really, it's like it grabs people's brains. Like, what? You're unemployed and you're happy about that? Why? It just, it's, you know, contrary. Mm-hmm. And so I put it off for two years. And then eventually I made a shirt because she kept encouraging me to do it. I eventually made a shirt. And then I was walking down the halls of a conference. You know, this is a financial bloggers conference, people that talk about finance and things like that uh, called FinCon. And I was walking down the halls wearing that shirt. I literally could not go down the halls of that conference without somebody stopping me, taking selfies with me, taking pictures of me or saying, I love your shirt. I, because it's not that they loved me. They love the idea of successfully unemployed in themselves. Like that's what they want. Yep. And so all the reason why I'm telling you the story is because 
at first, I didn't see the, un- I didn't understand that this could actually be something that people would grab onto. And then just taking that little bit of advice, go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead and make it sure. That's a great idea. It pr- produces or shows off the brand master passive income. But people loved it so much. I thought, you know what? Now it's time I could spin and create another business called Successfully Unemployed. Now also, I, I have the passion now for it. Back then, two years ago, when she told me, I probably didn't have the passion for it. Yeah. Now I literally have the passion for it and I can do it. So yeah, it yeah. as long as we're able, we're open. See, I'm not, I'm not a fan of change in general. Like let's just change for the sake of change. I hate that. I love getting more efficient, getting better. I love changing to get better. I love changing something because this is a better way to do it. I thrive on finding new, better ways to do it, not just for the sake of change. So yeah, I, I, I guess I'm rambling all about this to say that you need to be open and ready for things to help you to change to get better. Yep. Keep those eyes open. Uh, keep your, uh, yeah, keep those eyes open so that those new ideas can find a purchase and potentially make things better for you. You're right about that. Um, let me see here. Did we get to your third lesson? So I, said I think that, that was my third. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my third lesson. Be open for change. Be yeah. open for things to, um, redirect you into something that's better and more efficient or just better in general. Yeah. Good, good. Um, let me see here. Uh, one of the things too, it could have been a lesson is uh, Ratchek said, you know, uh, Johnny Rico in class asked him, what should I do? And he goes, Johnny, the only true freedom that any of us have is the ability to make up our own mind on things. And I thought that was a great lesson too. Too many people, they don't know what to do. So they seek advice and whatever advice they're given, bam, they take it. You've got to maybe weigh your different options and, and put some thought into it yourself before you make that decision, right? And just because somebody says something is the thing that they should do, they don't necessarily know what's going on. They don't know all the details about it. You know everything in your mind. You know where your heart is, and you've got to make up your decision on your own. So I guess that's kind of like a fourth bonus lesson. That's a great, great lesson. And th- that's honestly the only freedom that we could ever do. On top of, I would tag with that, you know, making a decision is definitely a freedom, a freedom that we have is our attitude that we put behind that decision. We can always come with a bad attitude and make yep. things worse or make us not enjoy it. We can also come with a good attitude. We can choose to have a good attitude in whatever situation that we're in so that we then look at this differently and react differently and be different going through this. So hopefully make it better for everybody. Totally. I agree with you there. Your attitude and your actions are the only two things you have control of in this yep. life. Uh, let me see here. Oh, my Monday morning quarterback is that, okay, this is the one thing I, I still love the movie, right? But this is, this is the, one of the things that kind of bugs me. Denise Richards gets a gigantic spike through her shoulder. And by the end of the movie, she's like putting arms around Johnny Rico and Carl and talking and she has no pain whatsoever. So that brain bug should have sucked out her brain because she has some kind of ability to just ignore pain, (laughs) ignore the greatest pain in the world. He should have tagged her first, sucked out her brain to learn that, to give that to all of his troops, um, and then sucked out the other guy's brain. Because, man, she's got a crazy ability to ignore pain. So I I had a – I think it's a great – a great insight. I thought the same thing too because they're all hurt, but they're all, you know, cheering – I was looking at who's her boyfriend, her boyfriend, the the pilot, whatever that guy's name is. I, yeah, um, I can't remember, but yeah. So he gave her the knife, but I was thinking, why didn't he just keep the knife? But then again, we he didn't know who they would go after first. He she was closer, so he kind of thought that. So my first thought was, you just literally kill, keep the knife and go. But 
Yeah, I get that. So that's the only lesson that I had. Sorry, only Monday morning quarterback other than in thinking about you should from the very beginning not throw infantry. At, like this is probably the biggest Monday morning quarterback. You said it earlier. They had the fleet go and bomb everything. Like literally, like these are bugs. Just carpet bomb. Just literally destroy them with the bombs, and then the the infantry go in and mop it up. Why would you lead with infantry? I just don't understand that. Maybe they did. At least it doesn't they didn't show look it if like they, they did on that first planet. Well, no, they didn't. And the reason why is because that the sky marshal stepped down. Remember, because he yeah. it was it was bad. They made it so a huge um, tactical error. Yeah, like let's just go. We we can literally kill all these. No, that's just, anyways. So what I'm thinking is you should be you should know your enemy before you actually do anything like that. So that was huge. Like you literally destroy them as best you can before you send infantry and actual people in there to die. Yep, for sure. Um, one of the last things I, I really enjoyed all those little commercial interstitials throughout the movie at the beginning, middle, and at the end. I I just those are always fun to me. Those little scenes right there. Now I also noticed that. It had, and we never saw this back in 1997 when it came out, where in the commercial, it was, would you like to know more? And you click on it. Like, that was so before its time. I was like, looking back now, I'm watching like, wow, they actually saw that coming. That is yep. so cool. Mm-hmm. That's how everything is now. Clickbait everywhere to click for more info. Now they're not asking you, would you like to know more? They give you a title that makes you want to learn more. You know, so <laughs> we've, we've taken it a step beyond that, but you're right about this was ahead of its game for, or a- ahead of its time for sure. Yes, yep. yes. And also having a big rock thrown from another from a bug planet, being able to hit Earth. I think that's eventually going to happen. That's ahead of its game. They're, they're prophetic in that. Yep. Oh, for sure. They are. It, 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 uh, let's hope it doesn't happen, at least not in our <laughs> lifetimes or our kids' lifetimes, right? Um, oh, yeah. One last thing, though. Paul Verhoeven directed this. He also directed RoboCop. And the same guy who did the music, Basil Polidorus, he did the music for Robocop and this movie. And there are so many similarities in the music and the feel um, of those two movies. I just saw a lot of Robocop as I was watching this. Which reminds me, I think Robocop is a good movie we should probably do sometime in the future. That's one I haven't watched in a long time. I hope it's going to be as good as I remember it. I don't know. (laughs) What do you think? I hope so. Uh, I think it will be. I think it will be. The first Robocop. The second one might not hold up. Although, when we were kids, I enjoyed Robocop 2. But I doubt it holds up like one would. Well, same thing with like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was great. I went and watched because I thought, maybe let's do The Bogus Journey as well. I went and watched it again. I remember loving it when I was younger, just watching it over and over again. I watched it again. I was like, oh, I don't want to. Rec- I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's okay, but uh, it just wasn't as good as I remember it. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Station only lasts for so long, huh? Station. Station. Yep, yep. <laughs> cool beans. So before we end this puppy dust, any last words? No, I think I I'm good to go. Sweet. Okay, so I gave this an A plus. You said B plus, right? Okay, yep. cool beans. So let's, oh yeah, the last thing. So uh, I chose this movie for this week. What are we going to learn from next week, Dust? Bloodsport. No, Bloodshot. Bloodshot, yep. Yeah, <laughs> Bloodshot. Blood <laughs> we had discussed this, um, uh, you know, off the air beforehand, but this is available to purchase right now for $15 on Amazon. But on May 5th, it's going to be like a $3.99 or $4.99 rental. So I think that'll be a perfect time to rent it, watch it, and then discuss it on the podcast. So I wonder if Vin Diesel is actually like, uh, um, is he actually as tough as he seems? Or like, I remember, I don't know if it was a publicity st- stunt type of thing, but like with the Fast and Furious, you have the rock 
calling Vin Diesel a candy ass. Like, oh, he's, he's, I, I, he didn't specifically name Vin Diesel, but you could tell. Like, it, it was really going after him. Like, is is Vin Diesel, like, literally that, like, wimpy? Uh, I don't know. I just, it's coming from Pitch Black. I remember that movie was so much fun watching Pitch Black. If you guys don't remember that, that's Vin Diesel on a bug planet as well. Um, really, really fun. Uh, but, yeah, so with this one, I'm looking forward to seeing him and seeing how he does, you know, like Chronicles of Riddick, which was after Pitch Black. I watched it. It was okay. I mean, I think it was more the story is a little more hokey than Pitch Black. Uh, but I'm looking forward to at least seeing hopefully he's going to do well. What do you think? Do you think it's going to be a good movie or think it's going to be average or what? <laughs> I don't know if it'll be a good movie, but just like the Triple X franchise, Pitch Black franchise, like you said, the Chronicles of Riddick, um, Fast and Furious, I think he does plenty of action movies really well. So I think it's going to be a fun action movie. But who knows what the story's going to end up being, if that'll be enjoyable, if the characters will be enjoyable. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to some action and some potential sci-fi stuff. Uh, from what I know of the Bloodshot comic books, uh, there's some sci-fi elements to it as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Cool, dude. Yeah, let's do it. Blood clock. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your ears. If you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate those eyeballs. Um, you heard everything that we thought about Starship Troopers. We want to know your thoughts, especially any life lessons that you took away. So go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash Starship Troopers to leave a comment at the bottom of the page. Alrighty, once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Blood spore, or blood clot, no, blood shot, blood shot, blood shot.